This is a podcast from Rover. All right, let's go to the Carter's brand ambassador. Uh, hold up in his uh, Canterbury residence, Richard Lowe. How are you, my friend? Good, Dom. We're just enjoying some of that uh, Otago weather. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty uh, it was rubbish there for a couple of days. It's terrible. Yeah, no, it was Friday morning. I went out and let the little dog off, and it was all good. And it was cold, but came in for the second cup of coffee, and in it came. It was like a sort of a winterly, winter blast from the past. You know, a bit of sleety rain down there, but hey, summer will be back next week. It will, yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, uh, I think uh, conditions around in general terms before that are uh, pretty good, really. In Christchurch, at least, or Canterbury, when we were there at the show last week, that was um, just a couple of nice days there. Blew a little bit on the Wednesday, but uh, Thursday was pretty nice. Yeah, it was, and it must be a Friday thing because uh, Friday afternoon, I think it was sort of mid-afternoon, the southerly hit and scared a few people home, but the crowds were there. The townies got out and enjoyed anniversary day, which is good, and it had a wee bit of feedback from certain people. Of course, the Carter's Tyres services site there, they, you know, brand recognition, you could say, uh, big outlay to be there, but, you know... Um, Probably didn't sell that many tyres, but a lot of uh, what we'd just say inquiry people coming in asking about get of tyres for their quad, like cheaper than upgrading. And so, oh, what are those old boys that give us a price on those new tyres too? So, there's a fair bit of that out there, but uh, as you saw, it was fairly spread out, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and um, I was going to ask you about that because the Friday day, because as you say, traditionally the you know I guess the day where uh, a lot of the the town people come along. Because um, I don't know what your impressions of it overall. Because I was sort of thinking at uh, one stage there, it was uh, I think they'd sort of laid it out a little bit differently. There were a few different things um, and and stuff like that, but uh, there was a few comments as I was going around that it was uh, maybe a bit sparser than um, previous years. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think the thing. Centre there that where they had all those uh, food stalls, etc. The first couple of days were fairly sparse because people at the show wanted to go and look at exhibits and what have you. Yeah. And it wasn't until the townies sort of arrived and all they wanted to do was have a pizza or a whatever, yep. sit on the grass and enjoy it. That was quite cool. But the one comment I've heard in the old, dare I say it, in the old times, you know, if you wanted to look at a new car or ute. They all seem to be in the one area, down the one one lane, so mm-hmm. to speak. You could go down and kick the tyres and see what you liked. And, uh, but this year it was spasmodic all over. Uh, I know there was only two tyre two companies in the whole show. One was on one side of the uh, complex and we were on, you know, Carter's tyres was over by the main gate. So if you wanted to compare the two, you had a decent walk in between. Yeah, and if you were trying to haggle, you'd be walking uh, up and down for, for a fairly long time. It's not exactly Mystery Creek, though, either, is it, you know? No, it isn't. It's, um, it, it's you know, Mystery Creek or Agricultural Field Case, that's what they are, and yeah. there's very little else. And, you know, if you're going to go, not haggle, but look at some a new bit of kit you wanted to buy you know like at the field days they have demonstrations and that sort of thing and you probably rock up and it's a big expensive bit of kit you probably rock up have a look at it and arrange a on-farm uh, demonstrations at some stage but 
No, the, the AMP is probably more about you know everyone coming together, social side of things. Jeez, on the Thursday night, the Sheep Breeders Bar was pumping. <laughs> yeah, and I can only imagine. Really, really going off, and all of a sudden, about quarter past nine, out, get out. All oh, right, <laughs> you were giving your marching orders. Yeah. Yeah, and a couple of couple of uh, a couple of taxis pulled up and peeped as a sprint for them and uh, so I got on the old <coughs> phone and got my Uber and uh, someone said yes how do you do that so uh, <laughs> how do you do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're a sophisticated so, man I, Richard Lowe same app worked in Paris uh, Dom so yeah, well, the, you know, these are the benefits of these uh, these things. You know, you can um, decry the uh, advent of technology all you like, but it's got its advantages, right? Uh, one of the things that people were really talking about, and it's hard to avoid, isn't it, is the uh, the price of red meat at the moment, the lamb schedule in, in particular, and uh, people are just shaking their heads. I mean, what do you do? You can't really affect it. you just got to try and weather it. And it's right across the country, it's not Australasian, because that's... No, the Aussies are getting hammered as well. <laughs> now, um, you know, before the AMP, I heard of different organisations, um, you know, sort of not not uh, carrying out their obligations as far as contracts were concerned for last year's lands. And then you get down here, and just the week before the AMP show here in um, Canterbury Alliance reneged on some deal that they had, mm. then it came out that they'd spent too much money elsewhere. Uh, so that their, their tent would have, wouldn't have been a hell of a lot of fun. And I, I called in on the Thursday to Silverfern Farms and they, uh, right from Dan Bolton, uh, Rob Hewitt and Simon Lamb all spoke and they spoke of where the market sat and where they thought it was going to go. And they they just, they had their road show too. But they didn't hold back, and um, they're basically saying, yeah, lamb is coming down, and it seems to be tumbling, you know, every second week there's 20 cents comes off it. Yeah. It doesn't take, you know, take long. It's, it's sitting around the $6 mark now. Three Christmas, it could have a five in it there. So that that's a drop. But, oh, you dropped 20 cents last week, and I suppose it'll do the same. It's really plummeting. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, I think there's a bit of pain to come. Yeah, Nathan Guy was in China. I had a yarn to him yesterday. He's been in China recently, and uh, he was sort of talking about the same thing. But he says the problem is it, it'll recover, but it's just going to take some time. So I think you're right when you say that, they, and those Silverfern Farm guys are obviously uh, getting the same memos because, um, you know, it will actually, from all accounts, get worse before it gets any better, which is hardly a pleasant bloody thought, is it, going into the festive season? No, and when you take, you know, like I said, Australia a couple of weeks ago, Western Australia, it was sort of a dollar ten for mutton on the hooks and $4 for lamb. Yeah, you know, and they had to get because they're dry. They had to get rid of them. Yes, um, yes, exactly. It, it, I hope it doesn't get to that. I was talking to a farmer this last week, and he's drafting lambs and for the processor and the good weights, and he is trying to get every lamb possible away, and he's even weighing up there. Uh, what do I do with the balance? Can I get good money? And down here at the sale yards, yeah, getting $3 sometimes a wee bit more per kilo. But in the paddock, um, 
you know, $2.70 mm. a kg. So, you know, a good average store lamb might be from 25 to 28 kilos. If you're only getting three bucks for it, um, it's a long way off last year. Very much so. I see that Italian lawmakers have basically, Lowy, put the last nail in the coffin of lab-grown meat over there. Um, the um, lower house of parliament's approved this bill, which is basically banning the marketing and production of cultivated meat. And um, it was quite an interesting one because what they've said is that in the future it will actually be illegal to use traditional meat terms like steak or salami uh, for plant-based meats. Uh, So you face massive fines as well um, for the processes if they do that. So uh, they've come down pretty hard on that sort of thing. Yeah, good on you, Mister. Um, it, it, no, it's a missus. Now. It's a missus. Yes, no, it is. It's uh, uh, Maloney. Uh, I think is her name. Um, yeah, yeah. Well done. You know, it's about time too, because you know, as we know, uh, the cheese industry, uh, your white stone cheeses, have told us ample times how they're not allowed to call certain cheeses after other cheeses, and the big one is champagne. Yes. Champagne's only made in Champagne. Amen. And Bordeaux wine is Bordeaux wine. And I, I think that's fair enough. Um, but, you know, it's if it's not meat, why can you call it meat? It's a bit, a bit like all these organisations that have a substance they call milk. And we've got one out for, I think they were, uh, their big promotion was the fact they grew oats and uh, Southland and moved to Canterbury now. But that stuff's not milk, that's juice. And it's so <laughs> almond, yeah. almond uh, milk. If you have a look on the back, and I've, this is years ago, someone said, read what's on, uh, on the back of the packet and see what you're actually consuming. And some of those uh, products have got less and 2% of the actual product's name. Like almond milk might have 1.8% or something silly like that. Total almonds in there, the rest is... Other stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And why can you call that milk? Milk comes from a mammal. Well, you're exactly right. I just looked, the dictionary definition is an opaque white fluid rich in fat and protein secreted by female mammals for the nourishment of their young. That's the definition of milk, you know. Yeah, how can, yeah, an oak plant doesn't do that, does it? I wonder what the definition of meat says. I'm going to find that out right now while I've got you on here. Because yeah, I well, think... you know, uh, meat, and, you know, <clears throat> we've had it for years. It's, um, you know, it's a bit like all these uh, people that, you know, if they choose not to eat meat, especially red meat, that's that's their um, right to do so. But then they go and have, have supplements to uh, replace it. And what are those supplements? Yeah, who knows? Yes, oh yeah, yeah. The, there's some um, horrific stuff that goes into that. The um, definition of meat is the, the flesh of an animal. There you go, typically a mammal or bird uh, as food. So it is literally the flesh of an animal. Yeah, there you are. So, you know, well done Italy. Um, yeah, making those, and if small countries do it, you know, as we've always said, Dom, you know, what is made in a petri dish, and you complain about red meat, lamb, beef, <clears throat> for example, 24 hours before is grass and water. You can't say that about artificial meat, can you? Richard Lowe, good dose of common sense. Nice to talk to you. Cheers, Dom. We'll speak soon. Well, if you liked that, you'll love this. Subscribe to Rex wherever you get your podcasts from and follow us on social media as well and get all the latest rural content at rexonline.co.nz.